Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music, education, and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Monday, February 12th, 2018. This is episode 236, Bad Behavior for the Substitute Teacher. In today's episode, I'm going to take two different approaches to this particular issue because substitute teachers forever and a day have had to deal with behavior issues in the classroom. So first, I'm going to discuss what a substitute can do to be successful throughout the course of a school day. And the second one is going to be for the regular teacher. That is the person who normally has the classroom and what he or she can do to help that substitute before that person enters the room. So let's first talk about substitute teaching in general. It is very difficult. It can be extremely daunting for so many reasons. The typical substitute teacher enters most situations having very little to no time to prepare for the classroom they're about to enter. Oftentimes, they will be receiving a phone call at 5 o'clock in the morning, letting them know that they have an assignment in this particular class at this particular school. They need to be there at this particular time, and their day is going to go until whenever. Let's just assume that you are going to a school that you don't know anything about at all. You might know the district, but you have never been in the school before. And you're going to be substituting for a class for the entire day. That is one specific group of children for the entire day. Well, the most important thing, to be perfectly blunt, is going to be ascertaining as much information as you can about that class in advance. What is that going to mean? First of all, get to school early, plenty early. And as soon as you arrive to school, ask questions. Most substitute teachers do not do this. As a matter of fact, I know very few substitute teachers who do this. And they wonder why they have a difficult time all day. If I'm walking into a school and I am going to be with a classroom for the entire day, I don't want to be in a situation where six to seven hours later, I am stressed out, I'm upset, students have been thrown out of the room for different types of reasons, kids have been getting into trouble, th doing things they're not supposed to be doing, and you have gray hairs by the end of the day. So when you arrive to the school, and you get the roster of students, which you should have in front of you, 
And if you do this early, here's the reason you want to do it early. This is before the main office, whoever's there, is completely and totally overwhelmed. Hopefully, an administrator is also going to be there. You simply ask one or the other or both about any information he or she can provide. Now, if you're looking for a job, this is huge because you are demonstrating right now to that administrator that you are taking an invested interest in these children. And that's really important to anyone who is running a school. So whoever it is that you speak to, ask them about students who have any special accommodations. They may have IEPs or 504s. A lot of times, substitute teachers do not receive that information. If you've never been in that school before, ask them about evacuation procedures. It's pretty much common knowledge in that in every school, any school you're going to be substituting at in the United States, there can be a, an evacuation drill at any given time or some type of uh, drill that has some type of procedures. It could be uh, a lockdown and there may be specific things that you need to know. You ask all those questions. You also find out, to be blunt, are there any kids in this class that are troublemakers? Are there kids that pose problems in the classroom? Are there kids that should never be sitting together? More often than not, the main office has a pretty good grasp on that information. And if you have the administrator there, they're certainly going to know. After you've done all of your research, all of and you've gathered all of your information, you go to your room, take a, a lay of the land, take a good look at everything. You might be walking into a classroom where there is absolutely no control of the class. It's very possible you might have a situation where things are unorganized, where students clearly do not have any respect at all for the teacher. And your job is to somehow or another be able to get through your day where there's going to be some learning taking place and more than anything, being able to establish a rapport between you and the kids. And again, I'm just assuming that we have one group of children for the day. This would be obviously in an elementary type setting. Call it a fourth grade class where nobody's really switching. You need to know about all the different things that they have throughout the course of the day because they're going to have specials. They're going to have times where they have to leave the classroom. Once you get into the classroom, you obviously need to go through all different types of procedures onto your expectations for the day and take it seriously without being, I think, without using that teacher voice. I think that that 
quote-unquote teacher voice. You know that voice that all of us hated when we were growing up? Don't use that with students. Now, you're not their friend, but at the same time, you also don't want to come off as being holier than thou when you're speaking to them. Because kids can read right through that right away. And you also don't know, you might have a, a, a classroom filled with children who are going to be helpful to you, and then there are going to be other ones who are going to immediately put you to the test. You also need to accept, and this is extremely important, that if everything doesn't go your way, you're not a failure. You may have done everything, anything and everything you could have possibly done to be successful for the day, and things are going to go wrong. This happens to the best teachers in the world. Things happen throughout the course of the day because we're dealing with human beings. And these are young human beings who are inexperienced and they're trying different types of things throughout the course of the school day. There might be things that have happened to them before they came to school on that particular day, which are going to affect their behavior. And despite your most noble attempts, you're not going to be able to do anything to help that situation. You should definitely look into routines, find out different expectations for the school. I can't really say you need to do X, Y, and Z. A lot of people will say, well, do this, establish this routine. The problem is that every single school is so drastically different. I've taught in so many different schools, so many different districts over the years, and they're not even re they're not even remotely close. Every school is so different with the way that it's run and all of the different rules and regulations. So you need to find that information out again. Do it in advance. Become friendly with someone who teaches near your classroom, someone who's across the hall, someone who's next to your classroom. If you're doing fourth grade, you're, you're going to find another fourth grade teacher. This is a great way to get a better understanding of the class because even if they don't teach your kids, they're probably going to know about them. There's a good chance that the teacher that you're substituting for does know uh, the the other teachers in the building and it has is has perhaps complained about them or said how amazing they are, bragged about them. Kid, uh, teachers talk about their kids in their classrooms often. Uh, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways, but they're with these kids all day. So you definitely want to ask other people and any information they can give you is only going to help you throughout the course of the day. I would also empower some kids. I would certainly ask specific children for help. Don't try to be a know-it-all. Ask them for help. Ask for specific people to volunteer for, for specific types of tasks. See, one of the most amazing things about substitute teaching, whereas I've had some experiences that have been um, difficult, there are other situations where the kids want you back because you're fun and you're someone who they do respect and you're someone who they're actually learning from. 
I remember one situation at the very, very beginning of my career. I was doing a lot of substituting uh, for music classes. And then the school just, they enjoyed me being in the school just in general. And they said, would you be open to substituting regular classes? And I said, absolutely. I was certified to, and I still am certified to teach K to eight general in New Jersey. But I remember substituting for a fifth grade class and for the kids, it was like heaven. Now, granted, some of the kids did have me in the past in a musical setting where I, I had substituted, but it was fun. It was different. I was teaching social studies and I was teaching science and math and language arts. And I had a great time and it was draining. I give the, give classroom teachers a tremendous amount of credit because it's very, very draining throughout the course of a day, especially when you're with the same kids and you're trying to keep up their interest the entire day especially when you have students who have specific subjects they do not enjoy at all. There is not, again, one specific set fixed plan in terms of having successful behavior in the classroom and trying to rid the perception of bad behavior every time the substitute comes in the room. You are what you make of it. Now, you're going to have situations where you're just thrown into a classroom and you don't have any time and you have to do the best you can. You have to have reads on kids. You need to have a read on the situation. You need to be an adult. And that's one of the things that people constantly forget. Now, I understand if you're 22 years old and you are substituting for juniors and seniors in high school, that's a tough spot. That's a really tough spot because they're probably going to pick up pretty quickly on the fact that you're not much older than them. And it's really, really challenging. I'm not going to try to candy coat it. It's really challenging to be in a situation to command respect. I will say this. As an elementary teacher or a high school teacher or whatever grade, whatever level, whatever subject, if you know what you're doing and you make it clear without saying something ridiculous like, you know, I know what I'm doing. Because when you say something like that, you come off as being obnoxious and you come off as being arrogant. You don't want to do that. You just want to do it. You just want to show them that you know what you're doing. And the way that you're do going to do whatever might be a little bit different than the current teacher. And please understand and please bear with me. People, for the most part, will be understanding. But if you're thrust into that situation, you need to get a read on the classroom. You need to get a read on the children in the room. And quite honestly, make sure that you have an environment that is safe. You don't want a situation where kids are fighting one another. You don't want a situation where things are happening in the classroom that shouldn't be happening. You might have to take measures you normally wouldn't take. I've been very lucky throughout my career. I've never had to throw a student out of the room 
ever. I've never had to throw a student uh, out of the room into uh, detention, to the main office, suspension, nothing. I've never had to do it in my entire career, and that includes substitute teaching. But it doesn't mean that you may not be in a situation where you may need to do that if someone is posing a danger to the rest of the classroom. In the end, when it comes to an administrator, an administrator knows that, it, uh, and, and a school district knows that when they have substitutes in a classroom, there's going to be, or there, there should be, in most cases, some type of drop in the ex expectations of the students for the day. Why? Because the, the professionals they already have in those capacities are not there. They're the specialists. And someone who is less experienced, less in some type of way, and not at the level of those particular professionals, it's they have the idea already that it could be a quote-unquote lost day. What you don't want is you don't want a situation where someone gets injured in a classroom because of their behavior. That's not going to look good. That's not going to be a, a, a good situation at all. So I think one thing that you certainly want to do is be sure that they are safe in the classroom. So hopefully that helps out all of those substitute teachers who have dealt with the bad behavior. Uh, again, there are things you can find uh, online, uh, articles, videos that relate to methods you could use. The problem is I don't like to say specific things all the time because, again, every school is so, so different. Now, in terms of regular teachers, the teachers that are normally in the classroom and you either know that a substitute is going to be coming in or because you've, you've, you, you've planned a, a day off for whatever reason, you, it's going to be a personal day, you're going to be out sick for a few days or someone's passed away, whatever the case is, whether it's that situation or there's a day you just happen to call out sick, what you should be doing well in advance, and I always do this within the first few days of school, I make it abundantly clear that the behavior of the students in the classroom when I am not in the room should be better when they have substitute. And I don't even just say substitute. I say anyone that's in the room. If there's another teacher from another part of the building who's in this room, I expect your behavior to be better. If you have a substitute, I expect your behavior to be better. I expect the very best behavior for a substitute you know is inexperienced, you know may not be the strongest in terms of classroom management. Because then you're taking advantage of someone. And I say that to the kids. You are actually taking advantage of another human being. And that's wrong. And we don't do that. 
You have the conversation with the students. You take 10 minutes out of class time to, to have this talk with them, and then you review it at a later time. A month later, just make sure that they know. And then when that's, you know that substitute's going to be coming in, you let them know. You even go, I even go one step further. In my substitute plans, I will put in the substitute plans for the substitute to read out loud, remember what Mr. R has told you about the expectations in class and there will be severe consequences for people who do not follow all of the different rules that normally apply when we have music class. This isn't hard. This is not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. And we continue to have this, this, it's this ongoing problem of just abysmal behavior in classrooms all across the United States. And a lot of it can be fixed. And the regular teachers certainly can play a big role. The question is, are you doing this? Have you spoken to the children about this? Have you made it clear that it's not appropriate for them to just consider it a day off and we're now going to do whatever we feel like doing? And I also, I'm very honest with the students. I also say, listen, if we luck out, there's going to be someone who's as good as me or better than me in the classroom. And now you have the opportunity to learn from that person. But I've also had situations where people have walked into the room. They know nothing about music, which has usually been the case. They don't know anything about music at all. And they're not going to be of any help. And what I will usually do in that situation is I create sub, sub plans that are, they, they don't have too many questions relating to uh, specific musical terms. Instead, I try to create uh, assignments and, and give the students work, if possible, that may have nothing to do with a quarter note and time signature and allegro. I, I may not have that as part of the lesson. Instead, I may have something about uh, describe what this piece of music means to you or do something that might, might be a, a really easy writing assignment for them to do rather than things that are going to uh, bog down a substitute with questions that he or she may not be able to answer. This bad behavior needs to be addressed. And I don't see clinics, workshops addressing this. All these years I've been in the public schools, I have never, not one time, have I ever had any administrator, any administration, any school, any district ever address substitute teachers and all of the different things that you should take into consideration to prepare your class. So obviously it starts here 
It starts here because you've listened to this entire podcast. You're making yourself better. And this is the way that excellent educators improve. We listen to educational information. We draw upon the experiences of others to make ourselves better. And with that, I thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, sincerely appreciate the support. As always, you can all you can find the podcast on iTunes, on Podchaser, SoundCloud, and we're still working on Spotify. Thanks as always for tuning in, and let's improve the substitute teaching. <laughs>